Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash presale to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games, exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. I mean, I guess at some point we got to talk about the weather, right? I don't know. Yeah. Well, it did snow a little bit. So nobody wants to, hey, we want to talk about the weather. But it's like minus 18 here, and that's fucking cold. So we come all the way down here to record this episode, and you want to talk about the weather? Oh, well, it's cold. Like, I don't know. You're waiting outside for you jokers, and it's cold, man. Actually, you were here first, Brady. Yeah, Sorry about like... that. How many blown stop signs did you guys go through today? Two for yeah. this guy. We're, we're sliding around. I, I was actually just, like, rolling through the Tim Hortons drive-thru now before we got on here. Literally rolling. And, like, on a break. so sliding through the Jim Hortons yeah. drive-thru, and I couldn't even wind down my window to place my order because my window's frozen shut. And then, like, I placed my order, and there's... Two kids climbing around on the Tim Hortons up yeah. there, chucking snowballs at all the cars that can't move in the driveway awesome. or the drive-through. Awesome. Yeah. So I tell the lady, I'm like, "Hey, I'll order a double double," and there's two kids on your roof pelting cars with snowballs, and she's Ugh. like, "What? What?" And I was like, "There's two kids on the roof. Where on the roof?" I'm like, oh, "I don't know. One roof, like the left side." Oh, okay. And I'm like, "Okay, okay. I'm just. You can do with it whatever you want to." Can I pull forward and grab my coffee? <laughs> <laughs> and then you grab one of the snowballs, took a bite, you're like, oh, it's just a powdered donut. Yeah, so I pay, and then I come around the other side to go exit the parking lot, and there's like three three Tim Hortons employees like running, slipping through the, the parking lot to go run these kids down, and they're making a mockery of these Tim Hortons employees as they deke around the parking lot and take off, and these guys can't catch them at all. It's hilarious. Ruthless. Here comes the rocket from center, crosses the blue line, moves it on goal, shoots, he scores! Henrik scores! Henrik Sedin on the power play, and it's 3-0. Svenbergi with the power play goal, one second left in the penalty. It was the power play which ended up costing the Vancouver Canucks. Pass the puck to Hamus, he shoots, he scores! Dan Hamus, Canucks are 4 for 5 on the power play. And they lead five to two. Besser scores. What a pass! It's an eight-game point streak for Brock Besser, and the Canucks have scored on their last three power plays. It's four nothing. But hey, guys, this is episode 18, the Jake Vertanen episode, and I'm back as your host, Braden Ursel, and this is my guy Ryan Hank. Hey, hey, how's everyone doing? Hi. Hi. I got here in the snow and. You're doing great, Ryan. I'm doing great. And we got our buddy Ted. Ted, how you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good now that we're recovered from uh, from the, the holiday hangover. We got at least one episode under our belt. And we rolling. Yeah, it's been exactly actually 28 days since I've last been in the booth with the boys. Really? And, Has uh, it been that long? Yeah. And there's 12 games that I've missed within that span. Um, but yeah, I just want to talk about, you know, we had a big seven-game win streak against Tampa. That was pretty great. And then, uh, you know, kind of an inconsistent road trip. But uh, all in all, we're we, like, what, like nine wins in our last 12 games? We so. already decided we weren't talking about those two games. <laughs> Is it nine? Because we had, so we had the three-game win streak, then we had the seven, oh, sorry, the three-game losing streak, yeah. then the seven-game win streak, yeah. then the two-game losing streak. No, two-game, oh, yeah, was, was it two? Right, was and then the... 
two losing. I think the theme here is that there's still a pretty decent level of inconsistency. inconsistency. They're streaky. No, definitely. The seven wins, then was it? Two losses, then two wins, and now we're at another loss. And loss. And why can they not beat Winnipeg in Winnipeg? <laughs> yeah, what's like, with that? How ridiculous is that? Of all the teams, of all the teams, we haven't beaten them since they were the old Jets in Winnipeg. So it's Winnipeg and it's... Uh, is that actually true? It's what, true. Like, what's that, what's that Jersey goalie? Blackwood. Blackwood's McKenzie got our number Blackwood? two. Yeah. Oh, so geez. it's the Winnipeg Jets and Mackenzie Blackwood that we can just stay. And every back. I think it's also just ever. the New Jersey Devils as well. Yeah. But, so, uh, I mean, so inconsistency, yeah. But the effort, I think, finally saw some good effort there in a loss that I think we probably could have deserved better in there. The Post got the first star of the night. That was the most unlucky game you could ever watch. Was the Jets game? Oh, my unlucky. God. You couldn't buy a goal. You, you couldn't take out a loan. You couldn't take out a house loan on that game. Like, there's no way. Yeah, you know, and the Canucks, they had their opportunities and often missed yawning cages or nailed the post or... There didn't was, really matter what it was. There was the, no puck You just luck. knew the puck wasn't going in. Like you said, no puck luck. Absolutely uh, not. Ten straight losses against the Jets. And the Jets, they were what? They had two wins... They had just I lost believe, one or three wins and five losses and two overtime losses in the last ten. Yeah, they're not a good hockey team right now. I think that was prime chance for us to take advantage of a, of a also mediocre hockey team. And that yeah. just shows the inconsistency, though, right? Like we go on that seven game tear, you know, and we're then we're on that road trip and we're we're evening things out. And we have a chance to close things out in Winnipeg, take first in the division. Yeah. And what do we do? We get shut out. We get shut out. I, I think I, I will g- give them. And I'm always a little bit critical, but I will give them the effort for that game. The oh, effort was there. For sure. I mean, it was it was 2 nothing, without even Markstrom having a chance a couple minutes into the game. And although that got revoked, they got it back almost. Yeah. What a weird start to a game, too. It really yeah. was, yeah. That puck getting underneath the net there, and then the offside being over, it's so like, overturned. That's, oh that's so Canucks, though. It is. But yeah, thankfully, they've only been shut out three times this season, all things considered. As good, as bad, as good, as bad. Mm-hmm. Three shutouts. I mean, yeah, and the Canucks do get shut out uh, a fair amount over their uh, over their history, but three isn't that bad. And of of all of the sh- uh, shutouts, well, there was the one nothing mm-hmm. against New Jersey, and yep. even that one was kind of that one kind of sucked. That game was bad. Wasn't I at that game? Uh, or was it in no. Jersey? That was in no. That was that was an afternoon game here. Yeah, I was at that. that, that was, no, it wasn't. <laughs> Curtin back. We were talking to him that day. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. Kurt. Was, right. And then, uh, yeah. yeah, I was at the other so game. So that game... <laughs> I miss Kurt. We're about due for another another call. Yeah, I should give that guy a call. Yeah. So but, I wonder uh, what he's up to. Like, they're not... Uh, yeah, like, they're they're not they're not as bad as as some of those statistics say. And they're definitely not as good as uh, potentially their, their points total shows. So it is, again, the bubble Canucks and... Uh, they will trek on. They got uh, he- a heavy, heavy uh, rivalry game tomorrow against the the Yotes of of Pahonix. Yeah, yeah. Before we before we get into the Yotes thing, um, we left this last week. We didn't break it. Brady, I know that you Pete was here on the episode, and we had a couple things we wanted to talk about. And I, th- I think we should get on this right away. But you got a bit of an announcement to make. Yeah, uh, official announcement for me. Um, you know, I think it was back in middle of August. I started writing for the Canuck Way as a contributor there. And um, recently, uh, the site expert, David Quadrelli of Canucks Conversation, uh, you know, has uh, stepped down as the site expert there. And uh, at the end of the day, 
I got the job. So uh, officially, as of uh, I think it was January 1st or 2nd or 3rd, somewhere in there after the holidays, I was announced uh, site expert. So I'll be working uh, full-time alongside Alex Hogler. Did, the they, did they vet you? Yeah, tell us a little bit. I know they didn't just hand you the job. Like, tell us a little bit how the interview process worked and how you went about applying for a position like that. Well, you know, I was kind of on their ass uh, pretty much right from the get-go. You know, things started really going well for me there, and I wanted more. And I, you know, I'd, so I tried to, you know, talk with the guys a lot and just, you know, really get involved. And I made myself available as much as I could. And, um, you know, so I heard about the interview process and uh, got the phone call. And it was about, you know, nice call over the phone and, now, everything just seemed to go really well, and I think uh, you know management was also looking for the site to have someone who could kind of write like Quadrelli was writing, and he did a lot of post games and stuff. And you know I was actually kind of shadowing him at the time, so that really helped out a lot too. And um, out of all the contributors, I think I was kind of posting the most, and uh, you know it just kind of made sense. So yeah, they at the end of the day, they uh, Alex wanted to have me on, so they sent that into management, and they gave me the green light. There you go. Super stoked. So do you get like a parking spot? Do you get uh... a <laughs> parking spot at my own house? So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a work from home it's... kind of thing, unfortunately. Oh, okay. yeah, there's no big building down in downtown they, Vancouver. They don't want you to you know, not yet. Your... But when I'm done with the Canuck Way, I will have my own parking spot. <laughs> <laughs> and you can park it right there. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. That's, that's <laughs> but yeah, cool. pretty excited about well, that. Uh, but you know what? Our listeners probably, you know, it'd be nice if you could uh, read some of my content. You can find it on thecanuckway.com. But uh, you know, we don't want to have to talk about my writing. Uh, I think we all like watching the Canucks. Play. I like, like talking about work, your talking. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, congrats, Brady. That's, well that's really that's come come a long way in a pretty short yeah. period of time. So yeah, thanks, um, man. If you guys haven't been on there already to check Brady stuff up, he's not going to pump his tires. So I'll do it for him. Give the stuff a read and a follow and a yeah. like. He's Sweet. a pretty decent guy too. Yeah, and uh, speaking about just you know talking, um, it was pretty cool today. You know, this isn't exactly hockey talk, but I think it's important to bring up. Um, Canucks, uh, they, they had a little social media thing about Tyler Mott and he, uh, about hockey talks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it uh, turns out he was diagnosed with anxiety and depression. And uh, I just thought it was really cool to see him uh, come out and, you know, be open about his struggles. And, uh, you know, at the end of it, it's just right there. It says, you know, you can talk to me. Uh, I think that's super important. And especially, like, in the Canucks organization, um, ever since, you know, uh, Rick Rippon passed, passed in August of 2011, um, it's been huge. You know, it was a, that was a weird year for hockey players and suicides and stuff. So kind of cool to see that. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on the whole situation. Yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously the whole ripping thing, I think we're, we're all, I mean, even though we're not, we're extended from the Canucks as like a family where I think that all the fans felt really connected to that whole situation and the whole loss of, of Rick Rippin and mm-hmm. some of the things that he were going through. So uh, we want to think that it's obviously not in vain, that there's a lot of important things set up. And I know that obviously Kevin Bieksa was a pretty huge part of that. Definitely. Um, and it and it makes a difference. I feel like any awareness is good awareness. And I think Tyler Ma- are, are, he knows that, right? So, yeah. um, you know, after he left, I know that it was Burroughs that took up the reins and he seemed like the right guy um, to, to do that. And continue to bring a awareness. I mean, Bill, let's talk. I mean, it goes on from there, mm-hmm. right? Um, so anytime that um, anybody can share a story, uh, especially in a person that has a pedestal um, or, or a media platform to do so, that does nothing but good for the people who feel they can't. Um, so if, if Mott is the guy that's carrying that torch for the Canucks now and, and you know, so on, then that's... That's just amazing stuff. I think everybody knows somebody who struggles with um, 
this type of pressure, I'm going to call it. Um, and I think we all want somebody to know that if they can take a minute to talk or share uh, about feelings that they're having, then that can only help. I think it's opened up a lot too. Um, you know, that it's it's funny how sport seems to be the this you know they're the ones that spearhead a lot of this, and you did see it through the Canucks, and they've been definitely kind of a front runner in you know making sure that this gets out there, and you know that uh, now the NHL has the hockey talks thing. Yeah, and it's uh, it is it is cool to see. Um, I mean, not everybody you know suffers from these things, but you're right. We all know somebody that does, or um, you know, we all want to say like, if there's ever something you ever want to talk, anything that it is, it's a discussion because it's not, uh, you know, it's it's not something that people need to be ashamed about. And unfortunately, there were people that you know weren't able to talk at the time, or we didn't know about it. And it gets, uh, you know, it it get, it's unfortunate because yeah. you know there there is an opportunity to, you know, to say something. And I think that's been the big thing is you know say something if there's. You know, if there's something going on, like get it out there because there are people that more than enough people that are willing to uh, to help out and uh, yeah, it it is kind of neat and um, you know, props to Tyler Mott for getting that out there. I will I will say one thing. I think um, that if we're all conscious of uh, of people's feelings and people's situations, you just never know what person is struggling with these types of pressures. So. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's real simple just to, to not only be open to, to listen to somebody, but even if you don't know somebody you know, on a personal level to listen, that I think just be kind. Just be kind to one another because you yeah, never stop know. Stop being jerks. Yeah, you never know what you're saying and how it can not affect Carolina, somebody. Stop being jerks. Yeah, so much of jerks. Sorry not to make it a joke or anything, but uh, yeah. No, just not, be, be a nice human just being. Just be a nice guy. And, Do the uh, right thing. You know, I think it's, it's fair, you know, if, you know, if anyone out there is listening to this podcast, you know, feels that way too, you can always reach out to us on our Twitter accounts or whatever. We're always around to talk and, uh, yeah, you know, DMs. talking Canucks can always, you know, cheer somebody up. So. DMs are open. Yeah, you know, at the end of it all too, I actually watched some Rick Rippin, uh, his top 10 best fights. And it was great to watch, like, as I was watching it. And then as it kind of went on and on and on, I, I got really sad. I almost teared up. Yeah, right? I feel like you like, can holy see... Crap, like, how do you not see it, right? But yeah, you, know, you always think, oh, no, he's making, he's in the NHL, he's making millions. Like, what's he got to be sad about, yeah. right? And so yeah, I don't know. Pressures are pressure. Rest in peace, right? What was your What was your favorite Rick Rippin tilt? Oh man, uh, it wasn't actually even on the top ten, but uh, he had two amazing fights. Sorry, not this one, but the one that wasn't on top ten. One of my favorites one was when he fought Hal Gill. Yes. And Hal Gill is like what six five. No skill. And he's just like punching him. straight up in the yeah. air. And just he's bigger than his that. Ass. That was your classic yeah. David versus Goliath match. Um, yeah. But on that top ten, I would say his two his two tillies with uh, Brandon Prost. Yes. They were, they were okay. like two minutes long, and they were like two fights in one game, like insane. Yeah, like, me and you are on the same page with the Prost guys. ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I'm going to cut in because uh, we left this till the very end last week um, because this is the PP1 podcast. We do have to stay true to our name. <laughs> Unfortunately, the Canucks aren't staying true to uh, theirs, but uh, they are now fifth in the NHL with 23.6% uh, power play efficiency. I will be re-enrolling in school in September. Say that three times. Um, and their, their PK is at 80.3, which has not moved since last week, but... Uh, yeah, their power play is uh, statistically, as far as the goals going in, is amazing. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, I think it's very much still a pretender. They're 
there's so much more there than they're actually um, producing. And it's, uh, it's frustrating because there's way, way, way too much potential on both units. Mm -hmm. And it's just the lack of utilization on both units that is just, it's so frustrating. You finally see, um, actually, I kind of was doing on a rundown here about, uh, about Pedersen. And when they had him at that net front, um, was it two games ago when he scored the tip in? Yeah. Why the heck do you not change it up then and put Pedersen at that net front and get Miller roving around or get mm-hmm. Godet? Like, they, they need to change up what that looks like because mm-hmm. I've been saying this and mm-hmm. I will say it every week until it actually changes. But it's way too predictable. And yes, we know who's going to get those one, two, or three shots. But at the end of the day, they're cycling around the horn mm-hmm. to see who's going to get that perfect shot. And it just isn't there. Yeah. Well, if you've got a guy that has a good mm-hmm. enough stick, and Patterson has an amazing stick, yeah. you saw how he pulled that in. Mm-hmm. And that's just not a fluke. He knew exactly how that was going to happen. They need to start getting a guy there to make those plays, or at the very least, mm-hmm. create a rebound so that they can get Bo or Miller on the doorstep to shovel in that that rebound. That nasty pot. rebound, the garbage goal. It, yeah, but I mean, garbage goals count. Exactly, they right? count just as much as the nice ones. So they have to start doing something because it's way too predictable. Still, there's just there's no life to it, and they've got like look who's on that power play. You mm-hmm. Brock Besser, all star. Amazing sniper. Yep. Needs to get his, his groove back. You've got mm-hmm. Elias Pettersson, Elias Pettersson, who is absolutely shredding the NHL, and yep. he's doing it quite quietly somehow. You've got Quinn Hughes, who sits at top of the blue line, and even though he doesn't have a ton of I don't of think goals, he ever sits. He fucking moves. But, but when, <laughs> no, he's just he's that power play at the back, but it's almost like they still can't utilize him enough. And he's he's being underused. Then you've got Bo and you've got Miller. There's that's that's just the first unit. Yeah. They need to get more going on that that unit because that number is going to be twenty three point six. I would not be surprised if they fell below twenty by you know start of March. It it would not yeah. be a surprise, and it would be pretty obvious that at that point. At, at that point, if it sinks below 20, they're not making playoffs. Well, the one thing I find that's kind of strange about it, too, um, you know, if this power play was actually a little bit better over the last, you know, five, six games, you know, that win streak might... We probably would have lost to Tampa. We might have, you know, actually got a couple more wins. Could be Florida, maybe. Um, but, you know, I think Besser was kind of struggling on the power play or something was going on there, and they moved... They were, there was a practice, and Green put Gaudet in his place. Yes. Um... That's right. And then the rumor on, was they, then, the power yep. play switched. And then two games go by, and uh, Besser's still sitting on that first power play unit, even though we've gone one for 24 in that span and lost the last game. And so, that I one mean, was the people. It's kind of also on green in the sense for, you know what, you know, for a while we, we finally have the pieces that we want, but it's also when those pieces aren't working, he's got to find a way to make them work. That's what a good so, coach should do. One, he puts Scottette in there in practice to kind of scare Besser off. And then they go and they, they don't convert anything afterwards, and Green still hasn't done anything to change that. Yeah, I will say that Besser did look better after that scare. He was mm-hmm. shooting oh, the puck definitely. quite a bit more. He looked more dangerous. He was unloading some shots and setting looking pass first. So it probably worked. I don't know if he was the reason that that power play hasn't been clicking. 
but yeah, I mean, ultimately, I agree with you guys both that there has to be more. And I know that we're we're bitching right now about a power play that's sitting fifth in the league, but it's kind of a what have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, and I can't remember who it was on Twitter, um, but I saw this tweet, and it was. Ovechkin sitting there in his spot, ready to oh, tee yeah, the big oh, circle. The big red circles. Yeah, yeah, I saw. Got to give him some credit and some shout out here, because I can't remember the name. Yeah. But it was like, how can we not do this? How can we not? Ovi's been doing it for a decade. Everybody knows yeah. where the puck is going, who it's going to, and what's going to happen when it gets there. And mm-hmm. still goes in. And they just continue to force feed it. And so even if you know that it's going to happen, we need to get that. We need to get the Canucks to that point, right? And so if we have multiple shooters, let's find a way. It's either going to come from the left side or it's going to come from the right side. And it's going to be down your throat. You can't stop it, or you can stop it, but you but you better be coming. We got to have that one strong power move, power mm-hmm. play, to make it work every single time. And and I don't care. And you know what? Tampa Bay does the exact same thing. But they score. And it's just progression, right? We're not there yet. We're it's, no. It's, you're right. We're obvious that that we're not uh, a full fledged like, power play. I feel like yet. that first unit's trying way too hard to make that one extra pass and make their play look just the Sedins, beautiful. The Sedins did the same thing towards the end as well. They were always mm-hmm. looking for that perfect play and like you know we talk about Don Cherry. You put the puck on the net. Yeah. You've got as I said, you have five guys that can shoot the puck quite well, mm-hmm. and at the very least, two of them can put it pretty much wherever they want. Let them do it. Just start shooting. Like you start getting rebounds. Start getting opportunities. If you don't do anything with the puck, nothing's gonna happen. There's one simple answer for this, and that's just shoot the puck. Just return Gray back. Shoot the freaking puck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't he out for injury still? Uh, yeah, but one for twenty-four on the power play. Um, you know that's obviously not gonna be good enough, especially in such a tight Pacific race right now. You know mm. we're going to seven-game tear, and then you know we lose a couple games, and all of a sudden we're not even in a playoff spot. But then they come back. Oh, and then, I know it's yeah. it's ridiculous. So for us to make it, you know, well, we know yeah, we're going to yeah. be playing games all the way up into April to get into that playoff spot. This power play needs to turn around. I only think it's a matter of time. Uh, you know, the puck lucks. This power play is too good for, to be this bad right now. I wouldn't even put puck luck though quite on that because I think you can have puck luck and the pucks can still go in. Mm-hmm. Well, we had puck luck during that seven game win streak. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Did you know that? Um, oh. What, Shit, what was it? It was like every time the Canucks were outshot, have been outshot at home, we've won. We're ten and zero being outshot. Isn't that also such a Canuck thing? That's yeah. not sustainable. You're not supposed to do yeah. it though. You're doing it wrong. We're yeah. pretenders, maybe, guys, right? So yeah. when you shoot too much, that means that uh, you're trying too hard, and the other guys. But I'll, I'll ask you guys this one quick question to close things out. Um, if you were to change it, if you were to change one thing to get it clicking, would it be would it be the throwing Goddard in there? Like for me personally, I would actually move Horvat out and throw Goddard. Uh, into the Besser spot to shoot and move uh, Besser down to the bumper and have Miller in the net front. I think when they had Gaudet practicing in Besser's spot and they had Besser on PP2, that would have worked for me. I wrote the game day preview and I thought, oh, this is perfect. We're going to finally get a little bit of a different look. And then they trot out the exact same thing that has not worked. I mean, what do you have to lose? You have nothing to lose. It's a power play. Mm-hmm. You're not five on five. You've got an extra man. Try mm-hmm. some stuff out. You have enough of a buffer as far as your stats go, as far as all the goals go, have been going in. You know it does work. Mm-hmm. You know that you do have success if you retool it. Mm-hmm. So retool it. There's a lot of guys on that team that can give you different looks. You know the ones that really work. So figure out what that other thing is to get it moving. Or heck, I don't know. Move your feet. Start there. Yeah, although I don't think that's wrong. Um, I, I don't think it's the personnel. I think it's the system. 
I think you need to change well, I mean, the system. Power plays only run like the French press. A certain amount of ways, though, right? No, well, no. Like, like right Washington's power play is on the exact same way for ten straight Right, but they've found they've found the magic bullet where even if it's even if they know it's coming, they're still going to force it. It's going to constantly change, though. Well, that the, hasn't the system right up to the point. The way they get the puck to Ovechkin has to change. Right up to and including how we gain zone is not yeah. working right now. So no. that's the power play coach's job mm -hmm. to create a new system. It's not. It's not square peg, round hole. If this isn't working, try a different key. Like, fix it. Try something new and keep the personnel that you know is scoring goals and has the talent to make it work. The talent's there. It's being, it's being managed incorrectly, my opinion. Are you saying that in the sense that we're like, you're talking about Godet and Besser switching spots? No, um, I'm saying that everybody... You want to keep your best player on the top line. Right? No, I'm saying, yeah, everybody can stay right where they belong. Yeah. And it, the, the system was working to start the season and it's not working now, mm -hmm. then adapt. Change your system. Fair enough. But I, the way Ryan was saying, he was talking about you know switching Besser over to the second unit. And I would agree with that in the sense that we've noticed Besser's, what, the third option on the power play right now? He would actually, get, he would actually uh, make that that uh, second unit a lot stronger and probably get a lot more pucks off on that second yeah, unit. Yeah, we, we actually we talked about that last week when Pete was here, almost verbatim, right? Yeah. Talking about how much better he makes that second unit because he becomes the ace on that second unit. But yeah. like, but then you're splitting ice time, right? Well, you're splitting ice time, whatever. That, that second PP unit just doesn't play as much as the first. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I would rather load up and get the guaranteed unit going. It was the same reason why you put all your best talent back when the Twins were there. It wasn't... It wasn't Burroughs that was there. It was, it was because the there Kessler was. And the it was exactly. It was because mm -hmm. there was stronger players and better shooters mm -hmm. to go into those spots. Mm -hmm. And those guys should be. I mean, they should be making their meals as well. Don't get me wrong. They need to start scoring. But if it's not working, try something new. If you're an offensive coordinator in the NFL and the rest of the league has figured your shit out, you better come up with something new. And it's probably. You've got the same personnel that everybody else does. So when Besser first got to the power play back in the day, which is not that long ago. Mm -hmm. um, what was the first thing that everybody was screaming about once he finally got to... No, once he finally got to the power play, what was Botch screaming about? What was J-Pat screaming about? Who was causing that power play to not work properly? Why was Edler looking off Besser? <laughs> I'm serious. He could, because he couldn't, this. he couldn't make that pass to his left side. So, so what I'm saying is, if they were going to move, and now I'm going to go back on the personnel side of things for a second, yeah. and then we'll wrap it up. When you move, if and when they moved Besser, let's say to the second unit, and I'm using him as an example because you're right, he is kind of that third option. All of a sudden, now you have Edler and Besser, or if it's Myers or whoever, on that second PP, now all of a sudden Besser becomes the focal option on that second one, and you can start getting him back to him as the number one target on that second one. Jake and um, Edler or Myers and whoever else happens to be on that second unit can start funneling the puck to, to Besser. If it's not working on that first line, or maybe you start on that first one, get try to get that first shot off, and then you overload. Because if you start getting, and it kind of carries into what Ted said, if you can start making um, the system work a little bit better where they can start funneling a bit better, as I said, it, the first one, really all of it, is way too predictable. If you do change up a little bit of that personnel but focus still that same way, they have to start looking at it and they have to start defending against two completely different yeah. units instead of 
a completely overloaded one where you essentially still know how it's going to finish. If you guard the right guys, you know that you're not going to see the options down low because they're not utilizing the guys down low. I agree with you that moving personnel from one to the other isn't going to hurt things. But I think if the even if personnel is separated and switched, I think the system is still... The system's still flawed, though. The system has become recognizable. Absolutely, it is. That, that's that's the only point I'm... Yeah. You know, and that's a great point, too. I like that. You know the one good thing about this power play right now, you guys? It might be one for 24. That's not the good thing, is it? No. You're not good at you're not good at, you're not good at segues here. <laughs> I've been told otherwise. But anyway, Alex Edler is not on power play one or power play two. And his minutes are usually around 19, 20 minutes a game now. Uh, again Myers we... is getting that second unit power play time, and Myers is actually second on the team with ice time, just behind Quinn Hughes. So we're actually getting some things we finally wanted to see there. Right? Uh, we did. Popular. We talked about that that at the start of the year. What is a way that we can dial back Edler, Alex yeah. Edler's minutes? And that just was to play him. reduce. Well, no, we can't do that, right? But that was to reduce his special teams time, right? Yep. So uh, another thing that we talked about before was like we can't have Tyler Myers in the defensive zone too often, taking defensive zone starts. No, because he's not there. Because he, for for even though however he's being paid, we can we can talk about all that stuff too. He he is he's a defenseman that works on the offensive side of the ledger. Mm-hmm. So how do how do we fix that? Then we start rolling him out and increasing his ice time by putting him on this. Power play special. Offensive zone stars. So, yeah. exactly. So, all of those things. Uh, yeah, I'm glad that Mr. Green got the memo. Yeah, well, one of them. <laughs> he still hasn't checked his emails on the other one. Yeah. Oh, well. But yeah, um, I was kind of, you know, before I uh, missed that last episode there, we had our Christmas break and everything. Uh, the All Star game was kind of starting to, you know, we started to talk about it a little bit. And um, I think at the time, uh, Elias Pettersson was. I don't even know if he was announced by then, was he? Yeah, he might have been. He might have been announced yeah, as the, the, first, uh, the first, first all-star for the Canucks. The only, chosen. The only all-star for the Canucks, which was quite jaw-dropping in my opinion. But uh, Mark, uh, I think Flurry bowed out of the all-star game, yeah, uh, which he's... paved the way for Jacob Markstrom. Um, I honestly thought he deserved to be there over, On merit, over sure. Marc-Andre Flurry. I think that was more of a popularity thing than anything. But uh, last man in, Quinn Hughes. Quinton. The Canucks are QH. sending three All-Stars to the All-Star game for the first time in like nine or ten years. Well, the last one was the Steens and the fourth and time Adler. in history. Yeah, and then the Steens and Kessler. Yeah. And I don't know the three before that. And but you have to think that that was before we had the three-on-three All-Star game. Yeah. So to have three at that is different than having yeah. three at a full fucking team. Right? Exactly. Now you're at a point where it's Half divisional the and there's only, what, eight, nine guys on that yeah. entire team? And so three the Vegas them. coach got fired today. We Come might on. have Travis Green behind the bench. So, Not that that means anything. Well, the funny <laughs> thing about that too is, because obviously now I they're going... I think that was bogus Galang Oh my God, he takes yeah. the team to the finals one year, takes them to the playoffs the next, I and now he's amazing. fired? I think he's severely After what, like a little skid? Yeah, he must have said something about the last cab company that, uh, that drove him to the airport. <laughs> but yeah, it is a little bit weird, and I was listening to Spit and Chicklets, and they kind of mentioned... Uh, or who was it? It wasn't Spintrick. It was somebody else. They were talking about the, the firing, and it just it just seems kind of weird that he's been fired from two really, you know, from two teams that were really interesting and in why they would get rid of him at the time they did. And again, you're right. The guy was voted to the All Star game to be as far as points percentage goes. So clearly the team's doing well. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, they can him. So you know, let's bring it to Mark or Markstrom to Green for a second. 
Travis Green probably already has plans. They have a bye week. Mm-hmm. And there's the All Star game. Probably already has a holiday booked. I'm not, so I'm not even, <laughs> even going to say that he deserves to be there. He do, I'm not saying he does either. No, I'm just saying I'm not, if I'm he's not the not next. Why does a coach need to go? If he's the next guy that they pick, could you imagine it? I mean, the All Star game is pretty yeah. cool, but if you had plans like if you got a bye week and you got the All Star game weekend, so they've got what probably ten days. Nine days. I mean, yeah. Is it nine? So if he's going to Cabo or Hawaii with his family, like whatever. Oh, I'm gonna go to the All Star game. <laughs> what would you rather be doing? Sorry, wife, gotta go. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Duty calls. No way, man. You are getting out of town. If, but if I'm a player, I'm going. If if oh, I'm for a, sure. If I'm don't try to pull some Dylan Larkin bullshit. Yeah, if I'm that's that is bullshit. <laughs> the total bullshit. If, if, like, if I'm Sid or Stammer and I've been a bunch of times, then I don't. You know, it's okay if you miss one. You know what yeah. I mean? I can get a issues. fat hangnail. But honestly, yeah. if I'm Dylan Larkin and I'm legitimately the only exciting player on my team, and then I say no. Before they even vote. Don't vote for me. I mean, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Don't I vote know, for me. I know what? We're not voting for your team either. The standing show it. I know so. it means nothing. and yeah. then that, that, It means everything to the little kids and fans. Exactly. Like it's it's the it's the people. It's the it's the the dog and pony show. Like, it's... The, the fans vote you in because they want to see you there. And exactly. So that's like a bit of a... Exactly. Even yeah. despite saying, don't vote for me. Yeah. What do you think? Like, we pay to that's watch these man. Pay, uh, players, right? Like, like we, we they get paid so that we can watch them. And we don't tune in to watch, you know, fucking Tyler Mott play against uh, oh. Tim, you know, Tim Schaller. You're hardcore. You, know? you do. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, so we pay... The, we want to see the guys go. I... I'm on both sides of it, kind of with the Ovechkin thing. I kind of think, yeah, you have the, you have you kind of have to go. Like you're getting paid like ten million dollars. The fans want to see you. The least you can do is go freaking skate his around. His team, his owner is paying him ten million dollars. The NHL yeah. is not paying him ten million dollars. Yeah. He's done it so many times. I mean, and yeah, as a fan, but I mean, it is the All Star Game, mm-hmm. and you do want to see the best guys there. It, I mean, yeah, Ovi's done it so many times, and I mean. You, you do want them to have a break. I mean, now, you know, as, as we grow up and we see how these guys age and how their bodies start wearing down, like, where would you rather see Alex Ovechkin playing? In the All-Star game or if it came down to the Stanley Cup final? If I'm a Caps fan, I want him not playing in that game. I want him in the, I want him in the playoffs. It's quite obvious, right? But on that note, like, obviously, we knew PD was going to be there. Yeah. Marshall was a, was a surprise, and I felt like we knew all along that that, that Huggy Bear was going to make the, it. Yeah. That... That's one half of my prediction from the start of the year. Yes, it is. Quinn Hughes All Star. Now we just need three rookies. Quinn Hughes no. Calder nomination, which is inevitable. Which is with Olafson there. So with Victor Olafson out, as we talked last week, and yeah. with Kale McCarr, I mean, it'll be a two horse race for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Olson will come back in, and it's going to be three. And I think that's the nice thing is everything kind of evens out at that point yeah. once Olsen comes back and now you got that three-horse race right to the wire. I think that rookie race, what is, this might be one of the best rookie races to finish out. What is the point? What, 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 how far back is, is Hughes now from Kel McCarr? I think he's only a couple points back, but that's also another crazy thing about the All-Star game. Uh, you know, it's all like a voting thing, but it used to be uh, Hughes makes voting. it in over McCarr and David Perron makes it in over Kel McCarr as well. Um, I actually heard that they were... It's also in St. Louis. Yeah, and I heard they were um, they were actually printing out Peron jerseys before the vote was. Yeah, even so I mean, it was in it was in St. Louis. Same thing happened in Tampa. They're trying to get as many of those guys in there. T.J. Oshie. It wasn't just Capitals fans that were voting T.J. Oshie, and 
Uh, he had a pretty good tenure in St. Louis as well. Mm-hmm. Like the guy's a god there. So you know, yeah. you got two fan bases voting for a guy, and they just want to have enough guys because the guys that go, the fans that or when it's hosted, like if it was in Vancouver. You bet your bottom dollar we're going to try to get every possible Canuck mm-hmm. uh, alumni that's still in the NHL into that All-Star game because it's just that feel-good, right? Yeah, definitely. It was good. I was voting for Makar. I was I was logging in every day to send votes Makar's way and send votes Hughes' way. That was, yeah. that was the thing that Colorado had got on board with was like, hey... You vote for ours, we'll vote yeah. for yours. Scratch my back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, I was cool with that. I thought that was a really cool thing by the Colorado fans to set that up and get it going. So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm really excited to see it's to just see awesome. out there. It I is. think, who knows, maybe they'll, they'll use him in some agility drills and stuff like that. I don't know what they're going to use PD for, and I'm sure that he's still young enough on the, on the, the status totem that he's going to have to participate in a bunch of these vets because we all know the vets don't. Uh, and that's cool. That's cool, man. So um, we're, you guys were wondering about the stats. So Kale McCarr, 33 points. Quinner's got uh, 32. Kale McCarr has also played, um, what is it, eight less games, is that? He slowed down a bit. Kale McCarr has 33 points. Quinn Hughes has 32. Quinn Hughes has played 46 games, while Kale McCarr has played 38 games. Okay. Um, Hughes is three points back. Uh, Victor Olsen, who has 35 points. Um, crazy I mean all three of those it's it's fun I mean you have to get excited because it's going to be a fun race down the stretch and I think that's going to be a trophy that the NHL is going to start to pump up uh, as we get closer to the end of the year it's definitely been a fun kind of trophy to kind of keep your eyes on with the statistics over the last few years you know Mm -hmm. we were we were lucky to have Brock Besser uh, in that race the whole time for the Calder you know he was likely going to win it until he you know his back was shattered. Into I, don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> Matt Barzal had that long. Okay. Yeah. If he puts 40 goals up, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, we will never know. <laughs> put, and, let's uh, stop talking about it before after we found that, out. After that, we were, <laughs> you know, uh, Pedersen came in and uh, he, he looked, he looked, his rookie season was ultimately better than Brock Besser's. Oh, Brock Besser showed up the All-Star game, was the MVP. Mm-hmm. Pedersen showed up he kind of had cold feet. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how Pedersen's going to do this time around. And I'm excited to see Hughes on the back end. Um, maybe, MB- they'll, maybe they'll pair the two with uh, Roman David or something. Too. They didn't yeah. even do that on stats. That's the one. I hate that. Like, let's just vote the MVP. No, he picked the guy that did the best. Well, I, I, uh, I, I'm not even like 100%. I know, I know what he means to the team as an MVP. Jacob Markstrom, mm-hmm. seeing him there is going to be really cool. Um I'm a little bit bummed about um, JT not being there, but speaking of Markstrom, we have it in our notes there to talk about what he's going to mean to this team down the stretch. Hey, it's Ryan from the PP1 Podcast on Cryer Media. If you're looking for a spot to advertise your company, your brand, your cheese wheel, some beer, maybe some donuts, this is the spot. Reach out to me via DM on Twitter or Instagram at always94, and I'd be more than happy to chat with you. Worst case scenario, we just become best friends. And how awesome does that sound? Yeah, um, there's kind of we're kind of on both sides of it here. Uh, some people think Marky's being overplayed, while other people think that we need to ride him as much as we can all the way down to the bitter end. Um, Ryan, you maybe have some thoughts on that? So your opinion? I, uh, you deleted my big note, so I'm not going to go as big of a rant on this as, uh, as I would have liked to. <laughs> but uh, there's a couple things to the Markstrom um, saga, if you will. 
Um, this season, if we're talking just about this season, yeah, you do want to see uh, what Markstrom can do. And clearly he thrives under pressure. Um, the team ahead of him has obviously let him down in a handful of games. Um, he's still played pretty well. I mean, against, well, he wasn't great, but against uh, Tampa and Florida and even against uh, Winnipeg, there's a start to be had, I think, for Demko in there just to just lessen the load a bit. But he's proven that he can thrive off of back-to-backs, which I, as a, mm-hmm. you know, as a fan, I do not like that. I don't I, think it's sustainable. But it, it isn't sustainable. And, you know, you do want to see him in the playoffs this year if that's where they do end up being. But as far as this season goes, like, I mean, he's a human being. So at some point he has to break down. Um I don't want to see him going balls to the wall and playing every single game. I think uh, Demko is more than capable of holding his own, especially if it, the team kind of figures it out and gets back to normal. I think uh, both of those goaltenders can be absolutely mm-hmm. stellar. Um, the big thing that really bugs me, and Ted, I'll maybe let you have your two cents before I go off on my rant here. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll let you, you got something to say about that for Marky? Uh, I mean, I just... that. That I agree with you. I mean, I love the idea of, of playing him in big situation games and important games um, and letting go and letting him com- continue to raise his trade value mm-hmm. um, uh, because I think that can only help us whether we decide to trade him or not. Yeah. But, like, we have a very capable second starter in Thatcher Demko that I don't think we're utilizing enough. And, and I think that although you can run a goalie in a back-to-back situation. Yeah. And if you're a coach, you can have a feel when it's a good time to roll with a guy in back-to-backs. Yeah. We are not taking the full advantage of, of what Demko can be doing mm-hmm. and what his value is going to be to this team if we decide to move a guy like Markstrom and we don't have somebody who's prepared enough in Thatcher Demko. You yeah. combine that with your I mean, power I mean, play idea too, right? It's just one more thing. Talk about systems. Well, here's a system. Use both goaltenders. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and using both goaltenders and with Demko being, you know, as good as he was the year before, we kind of, I was, I don't know about you guys, but I was expecting kind of 25 to 30 starts for, for Demko. Um, and it actually turns out he's kind of on the lower end of starts for a backup. And Markstrom's on pace for about 60 starts. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me personally, I actually like that Travis Green went back to back. With Marky, um, uh, Green's been pretty, pretty on point when it comes to knowing when his goalie needs rest and when he doesn't. And you know, Marky came out and he got that victory. And uh, if he can come down, the, if if Marky, you know, I want to play him long term uh, down the stretch. As much as I'd also like to see Demko, uh, seeing Markstrom grind down the stretch, uh, you know, take on a bigger workload, I think is that final test we need to see. Uh, and if he gets us to the playoffs, we re-sign him and, okay. and we move on from Demko. Okay. I'll, I'll just ask a question. Yeah. So if if you want to see them ride Markstrom down the stretch and, and see him get us into the playoffs, does that mean that you don't have confidence in Demko? No, I do have confidence in Demko. So if you have confidence... But I, don't, I would have more confidence with Mar- like with how tight it is right now. So you think Markstrom's probably the... Is the Markstrom's better option. Probably your definitely. better option. Oh, okay. definitely. Okay. He's an all-star goaltender. Yeah, okay. Right? Definitely. So, if you have anything, I got a massive rant I want to get off yeah, my chest. It. So, I've been thinking about this, and I probably need to read an article if it's not out there already. Should we set the timer? Yeah. And <laughs> go. Jacob Markstrom is going to be 30 years old um, in, what, a week and a half. Okay. 
He's due for obviously a, a pretty. He's due for. Shut He's going to get. <laughs> this is this is the contract. You know, put him in bright lights. This is the contract year for Jacob Markstrom. If he is going to be a Canuck, which I think everybody believes he is, as much as every other predictable signing has happened, Louis Erickson, Tyler Myers, Jacob Markstrom is going to get realistically what is he, a four to five year deal. Let let's be serious. That's yeah, that's realistically what six max, but I don't see it. Okay, it's six so, years. Is and that's term. that's pushing it. But re- regardless, it's not going to be a one or two year deal. No. When I, when I spoke to the guys at Speakeasy, I was estimating somewhere around like five to five. Sorry, five point five. Okay. For something like five right. years. Right. Okay. But no, no less than four, so that's four years. Term. Four that's, years. That's a that's a fair term. That puts them to thirty five. Where do and I'm, I'll ask a quick question and I'll keep going. Mm-hmm. Where do you guys believe the Canucks are in their run for a Stanley Cup? And a legitimate run for a Stanley Cup. How many years away are they? Three to Three. four. Okay. The, at that point, he's going to be, well, 33, 34 years old. And at that point, Jacob Marks, or not Jacob Marks, but Thatcher Demko is going to be essentially in his prime, if you will. And he either is still going to be a Canuck or he's going to be on Seattle or somewhere else. What he I'm will get- not be a Canuck. Okay, so what I'm getting at is... Do you believe that Jacob Markstrom at 34 years old, borderline in that 34, 35, is going to win you a Stanley Cup as your number one guy when you have a guy like Thatcher Demko, who you drafted to eventually be your number one guy, is basically either going to be out of town and you'll have something to show for it, potentially a draft pick or player or both, and I would assume at that point that Mikey DiPietro would then be your your next goaltender that mm-hmm. comes up. You have to decide, are you going to run with Jacob Markstrom going forward and you have to commit? And if you commit five years, how long are you willing to let Thatcher Demko um, essentially get groomed into that next position and then you off let or you you off you know let him off the hook and mm-hmm. basically the a la Corey Schneider you have to make that decision probably within the next year. I'm okay with them signing him at that five-year term and then yeah. letting Demko come up for probably a season or two more because I don't yeah. believe he's exactly where they would like him to be. I think he's very good. He's not elite. He's not a starter well, yet. He's not a starter yet. So once he hits that number one starter position, then you get to the now what? You also have the expansion draft that's coming up. Um, after next season, mm-hmm. and that's going to create another bubble. We also have to sign Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson after next year. While also having Erickson. Well, also have. There's a lot of balls in the air on yeah. that one, and at a certain point, you have to say, okay, if we're going to go win the Stanley Cup, mm-hmm. who is going to be our guy net? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be the 34 or 35 year old Jacob Markstrom, or is it going to be the 27 or 28 year old guy that we drafted, or maybe it's Mikey DiPietro at that point? Mm-hmm. But for me, as and I, I think Markstrom has been unreal. He has definitely played lights out the last mm-hmm. season and a half, and he deserves everything that he's about to get. No one can debate that part. No, definitely not. Thatcher Demko is also on his rise as well, but the Canucks are almost at a crux where they're That's about funny. to, and it's not just going to be the goaltending. It's going to affect a lot of things, and they're about to hit something, and I know the cap will go up and it'll help out a little bit, but they're about to hit a massive problem, and they need to have this figured out, or this team is going to go backwards, and they're going to have to figure out not only the goaltending, which is a massive, massive thing that you need to have Mm -hmm. figured out, but it's going to start affecting the other positions, potentially your defense, and eventually your forwards. And I think the Canucks are in a really, really scary spot right now because 
what they do with Jacob Markstrom is going to dictate a lot of their future. And I've seen this way too many times. We're already in our 50th, 50th year season, mm-hmm. whatever. They do not have a cup to show for it, and they've botched this more than once. They have. Uh, back I'm to kind on. of what you're saying about who you want, who, who, who you would rather have playing. You know, the 34-year-old Markstrom, you know, our predicting cup window, 34, theoretically, and Demko are 28. And, you know, for a very long time, I always kind of thought goalies got better with age. Um, you know, a lot of them don't get good until they're, you know, 25, 26. Markstrom was kind of at the later stages of his career when he got good. I absolutely hated Markstrom before he came in, before he got good. Like, got good. like he was not good. I, I, I was so upset we traded for him. I thought he was never going to play in the NHL. Because uh, he was like 26 years old and he, and he, he was terrible in Florida. Um, and then, you know, you look at a guy like Roberto Luongo or, uh, you know, Flurry, who's got, you know, three cops or whatever, and they were good right out of the get-go, right? Whoa, whoa, um, whoa, whoa, we've had this conversation. Yeah. Flurry, no, I mean, I mean they're jumping into the league by the time they're like 20, 21. And neither was Lou, but you're, but and, you're, but you're right, me, they were NHLers right from the Right, so okay. I had confidence in those goalies kind of their entire careers, and I, I never had more confidence in a goalie than I did with Roberto Luongo. And when he was, like you were saying, 34, 35, 36, that didn't mean a single thing to me because he was, he was that elite. good for 16, 15, 16 years. Where with Jacob Markstrom, he was pretty damn bad till about a year ago. Mm-hmm. He's and so it out. how long is that going to last? So with those other goalies, they prove it from the beginning when they're little kids all the way up until the NHL, there's elite goaltenders. Yeah. Markstrom's been elite for... Half a year to a year. And some of them never win, so don't get me wrong. Like, you look at Henrik Lundqvist, never won. Pekka Rennie's never won the Stanley yeah. Cup. There's a lot of... Yeah. Carey Price, we're looking at a bunch of guys. Tuka Rask wasn't the starter. No, there's a lot of goalies that are elite. Roberto Luongo, never won. There's a ton of goaltenders mm-hmm. that have been the cream of the crop that have never been able to hoist the Stanley Cup. There's also been Tim Thomas, who was 40 years old when he won. That was exactly, a Exactly, that's what I mean, right? But... You know, it, it is possible to not be the the absolute elite and win. So what but is your what is your your too long didn't read on this one? What 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 direction do you go? I it's it's hard for me. I don't know if I I don't know if I have the confidence. Oh, you're not going to be on the fence, Brady, on this one. No, I don't have the con- I don't think I have the confidence. <laughs> I want an Mar- I haven't seen enough Markstrom to know what he's going to be like in three years. Like. Corey Schneider, for example. Let me let me talk about Corey Schneider. Tori, Corey Schneider was didn't jump into the league until he was about 26, right? Oh, so he wasn't elite from the get-go like Luongo was. He but sh- when he came to the NHL, he was. But he was also like 26 years old. He and now look at him now. College. He sucks. He sucks. Shred- yeah, but that had that's a bunch of But that's of just my things. point, right? That's more injury stuff, too. We only saw him be elite too. in the NHL for four or five years. So that's where I might, in this situation, I might I might go with Demko because he shows more of an elite level of NHL hockey at a younger age. I liked who you picked. I don't like how you got there. That'll okay. be my opinion. I think you sense. got there in a weird way, but that's okay. That's like kind okay. of a, a Brady thing, and that's sure. cool. Yeah. Right? I, I like I said, I like I like your end result and essentially your your final reason. Mm-hmm. But like you know, I could debate you. Go Corey Schneider. He shredded college. Once he got to the HL, shredded the HL, and he came up, made his mark, and it didn't take him long before. I guess my point. I guess my yeah. point is like with Luongo. I, think I was confident. Yeah, no, I, was I get what you're saying. From the beginning to the end. I think yeah. you made your point. And I haven't been confident. I've been less confident. Yeah. Like with Markstrom's time in Vancouver. Right. I spent more time. There's not, not enough being there. confident. There's not enough there. But I have been confident. Yep, yeah, and that's fair. 
So I, I, I think, get that. And I've been confident in Demko since day one. There you go. So I like that. Two big answers, two really good answers. I don't know if you ever said which way you would prefer to go, but you, I, I'll go Demko. But you don't want him to screw it up again, essentially, right? And I think the easy decision to make, and this is easy, obviously, saying that I'm not in management, I have a relationship with these people. But the easy decision to make is to move the guy that has the trade value, they both do, mm-hmm. that has the trade value that was going to cost you a lot of money, not the person that you've invested time in as your future, mm-hmm. for a guy that can help you now, mm-hmm. down the road, and in the long term. And then you sign that guy into a long-term deal sure, in Thatcher Demko, because if this team, if, 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 if the window is in the next two to three years, or three to four years, like you're saying, Brady, mm-hmm. Then this team, this team needs its Corey Crawford. It needs its Jonathan Quick. It needs its Braden Holtby. And mm-hmm. those guys are all, when they won their cups and when they were good players, were all in their mid to late twenties. And that's where Thatcher Demko will be when this team is ready to compete for a place. So we're three for three, Thatcher Demko. And comment. And you know what? I I'll get one, and you can run with it. I think you're you're bang on like i would love to see demko as the guy at the same time if markstrom is their guy and they believe he's going to continue his progression where he is and he's going to get those stats up again they're not going to be i don't think he'll ever be an elite goaltender he'll definitely be a, a number one starter if he is their guy and that's the guy that they want they need to make sure that they get full value for Demko before that expansion draft comes out. I will add, I think we're all on the same page in what we want to happen. Mm-hmm. So I will add my own personal what I think will happen. Yeah. And I think they will re-up Thatcher Demko. Not Thatcher Demko, sorry. They will re-up Jacob, Mark- Jacob Markstrom. And then be all like, let's deal with it when it happens. And try to work out some sign-in trade, mm-hmm. and then that isn't necessarily going to work out, and then they'll just expose him. Yeah, see, here's my thing. And then that's that. okay if, if that happens. But if that happens, I'll... just from like a, a money and dollar standpoint, if yeah. that happens, that's okay, because then the contract's going to go away. The shit part about that is that we don't regain the asset. Yeah, right. yeah and that's what, one thing I don't like. But one thing I would counter-argue... I know, it's not an argument, it's just yep. what I think is going to happen. And I, and I think yeah. it's dumb. And this is why I'm going to say it's not going to happen. The way you said it. If Jacob Markstrom, Markstrom re-signs, he, he, I, I guarantee a part of his contract, he's not allowed to be exposed in the expansion draft. I mean, not yeah. Not a chance. It could happen. So yeah, we either re-sign happen. him and he's protected, mm-hmm. or he's gone. You know, I know this is kind of off topic, but I think the, the expansion draft coming up is going to be a really... Like a really interesting time because mm-hmm. we could look at players like Tyler Myers being exposed to the expansion draft and the Canucks possibly feeling down the road that they may have made a mistake in terms of turn and how much they're paying him. That, that might not be the course, but they mm-hmm. could be in that thought process down the road, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Depending on where it is. Yeah. And see themselves relieved of players like this, but they can't do that unless they sort out their goaltending situation. Yeah. For sure. And it's just, that's the thing. Like, I want to just kind of say one final thing about the goal tending is you know like we, we the three of us we went for the the younger guy and like we all knew what happened I'm only still going, just kind of yeah. backing my backing what I was saying stick, was I'm fine if they still stick with them with, I'm just uh, giving my reasons why you know way. let's just look at another expansion draft and it's you know Fleury wasn't protected and then they, get, they will go with Matt Murray, the guy that you know won them two cups, I guess, because he started. He and now <laughs> Matt Murray, no, but Fleury was a part of half that cup. I don't right? think you're using air quotes properly. 
Oh, I love you. And uh, <laughs> so, and then. Sorry, keep going. Yeah. Um, did we screw you out of your I thought did. process? We threw you but threw you went, I know what you're saying. You're saying they went with the younger guy. Yeah, Matt now Murray. Matt Murray's on the bench, you know, and Matt, like. It's looking like he might not even be protected. He might not even be protected. That's pretty unlucky. By Pittsburgh, right? So. so that all being said, though, I mean the Matt Murray thing. So they, but they went with Matt Murray, the younger guy. Sure. Because they so, thought, oh, for sure, this is definitely going to happen. So going with the Matt Murray thing, yeah. they thought was the right idea. Yeah, but in, at the end of the day, Mark Andre Fleury is still being paid a lot of money, and that team might not have been the caliber it was if they were having to play Fleury. Yeah. In addition to a player that would have been on the roster helping out a second cap, More of a cap space thing. Exactly. So there, there, there's pros and cons to that, but I totally see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, let's let's roll let's, out of yeah, this. Let's, let's move let's, on. Let's, let's do the segment. The segment? The segment. Dudes and guys? Uh, Dudes yeah, and guys, guys and Are we pushing up for time here? We're not going to No, we, we got time. We're coming up we got on an hour, but, you know, okay. we got time. We're, we're, I'm we're back. It's been, it's been a month. We're still under no, the wire. We got time. We got time. A couple Brady? things I want to talk about. We're going to go with dudes and guys? Yeah, we're going to do that first. And we're going to do guys and then dudes? We'll do guys and dudes. Let's do it. Let's do a quick. No. Let's do a negative then a positive. A negative. And just, negative. Okay, and just so we know, is this kind of since I've been gone, or is this over like the last week? Last week. Okay, last week. Um, you got geez. 2019 on here too. Are we doing like a year in review? No, I think we actually already did that in our previous episode. Did we? On the 35 game mark, we thought who was the best. So okay, let's ready. let's do last week and we'll decide. We'll just if we go want to do this last week. week. Um, let's have a let's get ourselves guy, figured out live, on tape. Mm. You know, I honestly haven't even thought about this. So your guy, Does anyone hey. else want to start off? No, let's let's throw you right under the bus and you just pull a name out of your head. And... I literally got Tim, robbed last Tim week. Tim Schaller? Tim Schaller's your... My guy of the week. Okay, why? is why? your guy? Because he sucks. <laughs> okay, you heard it here first. He's Tim o- Schaller he's sucks. Like, he's over in like 26 games or some shit like that. He got like the other night. Zero goals, <laughs> yeah. contributes Did he actually get an assist? Yeah, he's got an assist now. Oh, oh that's <laughs> right. But did Jay Beagle get an assist that game? J- I don't hey, know, did he? J- Jay Beagle is an absolute dog on the puck. He's, Dude, a, he's, he's a donkey. He's third in the league in faceoffs, man. He's a donkey. Right behind J.T. Miller. Jay Beagle has a nose for the net. Jay All right, Beagle Ryan, what about is, your guy? Jay Beagle's a donkey. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, don't say hurtful things. I was robbed last week. You Did you listen to last week? Yeah, I did. I was robbed. You should have seen my face. Those two jerks, they go and steal both of my picks. Oh. So I had to go and Brock Besser them and show them who's the guy of the week. And it worked. The lock. You get the guy of the week on this podcast, <laughs> you are about to perform the next game. Um it's, I'm telling you, man. I, I I was texting Ted constantly. I said, "What I say? What I say?" Um, I actually don't read Ryan's text throughout the week, so <laughs> yeah, he answers them all on like the last day of the week. So it's kind of it's kind of uh... hurtful. Right? Um, so my guy of the week, um, we're gonna have to go with. Dun, 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 dun. I have no idea. Jordy Ben. He's not even yeah, playing. He barely played. That's my point. Pick somebody who's playing. Oh. Slacker. That's all right. I'm okay with Jordy Ben. That's a good pick. I, I can respect that. <laughs> what about you, Ted? Who the f- who's your guy? Ted. Uh, Come back to so me. So this is kind of like a, a weak one, and it's only because I just haven't noticed him at all up there, but I think Troy Stetcher is my guy. I think he's okay. he's been in that spot where he continues to not get a ton of playing time. He's not hurting us out there, but he's not cut. I would just like... Troy, I would just like our boy Troy to just create a little bit more so that he can find a way to earn himself. Wait, 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 wait. Troy finally gets put with Edler like you wanted. Yeah. And then he goes on the power play and he scores a goal. Yeah. And he's guy of the week. Hey, 
I got yelled at twice. Patterson listen, ambassador. He listen, can say whatever listen, he wants. I would like to just I would just like to see him create and I'm, this is kind of taking Ryan's approach to this and calling out a guy that I want so to just smart. do a little bit I'm better. So smart. And I'm not calling him out because I think he's played poorly, but I think I would just like to see him do a little bit more to get a little bit more recognition so that we can yeah. start seeing more yes. of Troy yes. on the regular. I don't want to see just a couple game play where he's up on the power play, just a few games where he's playing with Edler. I want to see him do a little bit more, make a little bit more of an impact so we can force his way into that top So board. you want to see authentic Troy Stetcher, not the Richmond Night Market Troy Stetcher, no, where I it's kind see, of a knockoff. I want to just see, not, not Richmond Night Market, I want to see Troy from you, Richmond. Yeah, you want to, You don't want to see the knockoff, you want to see the real thing. Yeah. I got my guy of the week. Our boy Troy. And this is going to be... This is the next one, and you're going to laugh when it happens tomorrow. <laughs> Jake Vertanen Ooh. is my guy of the week. And here's my reason. Here's my reason. Jake Vertanen is doing something that I, I wasn't quite sure that he was ever going to do, and he's starting to become the player that a lot of us hoped he would be. They didn't trade him. They had Travis Green had faith in him, and they've started to utilize him. And Jake is. He's having a great year. He, he's going to have a career year. The one thing that has bugged me for probably the last week or two is his confidence. Jake has had how many drives to the net where if you watch... I know exactly the play you're talking about. <laughs> what he did was it two games ago when he was he crossed the blue line and he came in and for a split second he thought, should I keep going and drive to the net or should I peel off and then make the pass? He did opt to drive to the net, but it was that split second when Jake finally has his full confidence. The, the way the Todd Bertuzzi's and... Any good power forward is, he's going to drive with confidence. It's not going to be a thought. It's just going to be an act. It's going to be a way of life. And he's going to be able to drive the net and take whoever is on his back with him, and he's still going to be able to make that move. That play um, that uh, Faber had uh, in his intro uh, for Canucks Conversation, uh, the one on Aaron Dell, that was an amazing move when he made his little kind of dangle move in there. But he drove the net on there. I remember that goal well. Mm -hmm. Jake Vertanen is my guy of the week because I want to see him get the confidence that I know he has because when it's there, Jake's a scary player to play against. That damn guy. Eh? Who? Uh, Jake? That think, damn guy. I think, man, you're right. He's like he's almost there. We're seeing shades of that thing where he, he can put he can put the burner on similar to that guy that plays in Edmonton. And there's like so few guys that can do that at that size Zach and get Cassie. to the net. Yeah, not Zach. Um so that's few guys that can skate like that and get to the net and like man we're seeing more and more of it but that's great man I think just like just like don't think just do yeah Jake with confidence yes like, bro yes that would be yeah so, good. so he's so, my guy but it's not because I'm hating on him it's because I know what's in there I know what's in yeah. that tank dudes I will go with dudes I'm gonna kick it off it's been been a while since I've had the opportunity so you know uh, he's been pointless he he was pointless against you're uh, a big shallow you can't. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he was pointless against the Jets, but the entire team was. Um, but after a uh, you know a big loss to Tampa and then another one to Florida, uh, Bo Horvat uh, kind of gets the troops going. He gets a goal and assist in Buffalo and follows it up with two goals in Minnesota. He's the king of the garbage goal, and uh, you know just finding the ways to win. So I gave him my uh, dude of the week. Well done, my dude, my dude. You want to go? I, I mean, I got one, but do you got one? Uh, yeah, I have I have a dude. Someone's got to talk about Brock. Uh, I, I have a dude, and it's not Brock. I'll save that for Ryan. My, my dude. No. You, I'll let him take, and I will yell at you if you take my guy. Or my why, dude. why don't you just hit it, Ryan? Okay. Yeah. Jacob Markstrom. Was that you are going to take? Yeah. 
Oh. <laughs> you go ahead. Jacob Markstrom is my dude of the week. Yes, he got shut out. Yes, he had a bad game against Tampa. We're all over that. But what Jacob Markstrom has done in the last week, which he's been doing all season, and I'm trying to come up with a proper term for this, I'm going to call them win saves. Mm-hmm. Against uh, Buffalo. He does that all And against, time. I know. It's crazy. I know. Against mm-hmm. Buffalo, and who did we have right before that? The Buffalo, Buffalo game. Buffalo and Minnie. Yeah. So Jacob Markstrom in that Buffalo game had, I think it was about four or five, I'm going to call them win saves. And we've talked about them before. Mm-hmm. Basically, those are those, those, they're those extra saves where you almost have no business making it because it should have been a goal. And every, I think I've been trying to come up with some kind of metric and maybe one day I'll get my own stat. But I believe like if you're going to win a game as a goaltender, you need about five win saves mm-hmm. in a game yep. to truly win that game. And against Buffalo, and he had a few in mini, he made a few, there was a few plays right against the post that they're almost fluky that they, they should have gone in, but he, just the way he kind of hugged the post and had his leg there, there's a few plays in there that he just made those win saves that kept the Canucks ahead and it didn't bring the game back where they got within a goal or they tied. And those are those difference-making saves. Again, you can be up by two or three goals. You could but have easily lost those games. I know exactly what Exactly. You're and yeah. those are those win saves, as I'm going to call them, and I'm going to coin that hashtag win saves. Game stoppers. Those are the things that are going to keep the Canucks going. And you see them in the playoffs and... You know, you can make 40 saves in a game, but there might only be five saves in a game that truly made that game. And I think that's what makes him my dude of the week. So my dude of the week is, and this was actually pretty easy, even though that you wanted to take Markstrom because I was kind of on the fence. With you can still take him. I'll let you. No, you no, want. that's okay because you hit it for all the same reasons. Can we right? double up? Can't, God, dude okay, of the week? We can't double up. Uh, okay, fine. Double up. Uh, uh. Um, <laughs> my my dude is Tanner Pearson. Uh, he's just been quietly going about his business. The man of all points. Quietly getting on the board. He seems to have solidified that spot on his second line. I just love the work he does down low on the boards. He's been physical. He's really like found his stride. I feel like he's completely recovered from his injuries and the trades that he was uh, when he came over from Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. We're like, let's be honest, he was just hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. he was, he's starting to remind me of that guy that used to pick on us when he was in L.A. So, I, I you know, I, I just I really love his game. Now to the point where I feel like he's a candidate to win an unsung hero award with this team. Yeah, definitely. So I really he has like been unsung. Game. Yeah, that's, that's a, been that's unsung. a great yeah, call. I'd say him for Tanner and Goddat have kind of been those secondary scorers we really need. They've yeah. stepped up. They've all stepped up pretty big. They have. Um, you know, we're running a little late, so there's actually still a couple things I want to talk about. So we'll jump into it pretty quickly. Um, did you guys see about a week ago? Uh, I know Connor McDavid puts up highlight reel goals on a nightly basis. Did you see him absolutely burn Morgan Riley? <laughs> that was uh, we were talking about. I think we talked about that last week a little it's bit. Insane. Yeah, it was. The, and I know, uh, I know, he wasn't hurt off of that, but I like to joke that uh, that's why Morgan Riley is now out for eight weeks. Yeah, Morgan Riley might actually be hurt by that. Yeah, <laughs> he broke his ankle so badly, right? <laughs> yeah, that was like uh, that was like Jordan with the crossover, and then before he drains the three, yeah. and he's still going. But this just leads me to kind of, you know, a little more trade trade talk. Does uh, Jim Benning dangle the tan man over Toronto? Try to get something in return? Uh, or is he too valuable? 
You know, I just recently wrote ah. an article on this at the Canuck Way, and uh, I read it's your a tough yet, call, so man. We'll, right should, down the middle. How about how about we read that article and we'll touch base on that one next week? That's a that's yeah. a he, that's so a heady topic. I'll, I'll you know I'll I'll let you guys, what did you guys think about? I it? haven't yeah, read the we'll, article, we'll but I'll make a comment week. now. Yeah, what do you think? Do you think we hold him? Or do you I feel like I feel like Jim Benning should be dangling the tan man every year. Yeah. From 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 the dawn of his days as GM in this on this team, I think. Chris Tanev's trade value has been dropping every single year steadily. I think it's gone up to the again. point to the point where they've gotten to the point where they they were asking more than he was worth in a trade. To now he's dropped. Yeah. Where they didn't want to move him last year, and he always gets hurt around the trade deadline. I think he does this on purpose. It's smart. But, it really but, is. But what's happened now is like, yeah, now he's worth something. He's he's jacked his value a little bit more. He plays more often. Ryan's popped up a picture of Tanev here on, on the computer, and he's trying to make me feel bad about it. I've got a card at home. You bet. Remember since 2014. Yeah. Tanev is going to help some team for the playoff run, yeah. and some team needs to recognize that. It has to be some team that understands mm-hmm. analytics because. Mm-hmm. All these old school hockey guys don't get it. What Tanev's value he's a, is worth. He's a Tanev deep is, guy. Tanev is so much better on a on a on a playoff hockey team with mm-hmm. other defenders on him that can. I mean, shit. When he went to play for Team Canada, he was basically their number one guy. Mm-hmm. Could yeah. you imagine what this guy would do on a playoff team with another one def- number one defenseman? It'd be it'd be off the charts. He, he, he could be their number. Four he can be player. that guy, and he's mm-hmm. getting back to the point now where he's a, a reliable defender. And I think this is the time when we have to trade. Uh, what thirty-year-old Tanev coming up on a thirty-year-old Tanev? Because this contract yeah. is worth some money. We may not be able to sort the things out with Sutter and Erickson and mm-hmm. others. Biega. And someone needs to be able not to Biega. Move. Sorry, Beagle. Yeah. So on and so forth. We don't know what's going to happen with a guy like Markstrom and where his contract's going to go. This is a guy that's worth something on the trade market. This is a guy that we could use to bring in picks, which we desperately need back. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody says. Mm-hmm. And this is a guy who's this is a guy whose value could drop at any moment because mm-hmm. the tan man is also known as he, the, the injury man. The injury man. Yeah. They call me Mr. Glass. So um, Sammy Salo, number two. So yeah, that's my <laughs> opinion. Yes, he should be taking phone calls on Tanev, and he should. So be what's your considering them. what if, if you're the armchair GM here? I know you like to quarterback a lot of armchair leagues. Okay. Do you? Uh, what is your asking price? Like, when do you pull the trigger? I mean, I think a prospect. I think a prospect in a second round pick, like a B level prospect a in a second round pick. Done. Uh, I think that's really good. Mm-hmm. Like, do I think that you can take some GM for a first round draft pick? Sure, why not? Yeah. Like that's I, a that's a deadline day though. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Before um, that, but let's... all Benning has ever done is walk. And and not always walk. Not always his fault because the tan man's hurt a lot during yeah. this time. And who knows if he could get hurt again this time? Let's like knock on wood. But. Yeah, I think I think a B level prospect in a second round draft pick I would be okay with. There you go. Well, alrighty. So uh, final thing I want to discuss. Uh, it's been a heated kind of conversation in the sports world. We've all seen it, and I think we've all circled the calendar for their next game, January 29th. Um, this is not Canucks related, but it has to do <laughs> with uh, Kachuk and Cassian. Uh, let them kill each other. What do you guys think about that? Well, that was pretty just, crazy stuff. Just I put think, a hammer in I the mean, middle of the ice and let them go. Yeah. I think it's great. <laughs> I, you know what? If the Canucks don't make the playoffs and we see a Calgary-Edmonton first-round matchup, that oh, is a man. hell of a consolation try. Just let <laughs> These teams do not like each other. Oh, 
uh, Kachuk has got like levels of Kessler in, and I'm sure that obviously mm-hmm. you know Flames fan loves Ryan Kessler or sorry Matthew Kachuk for the same reason that we love Ryan Kessler. For the same reason Boston loves Brad Marchand. For the same re- all those same reasons. How about that shootout move by by love Brad it. Marchand? Love by it. Way. Love it. But <laughs> sick dangles, yeah. buddy. You know what? The, ca- <laughs> the, the cast watch getting absolutely unloaded on, and then getting up, seeing no penalty, and then just. Beating the absolute just brakes off of yeah. just beats the brakes off. He just saw Rad and went. Is suspended, and then the only thing better than watching him tune up Kachuk after that, I I think you know if it, if not a suspendable hit, at least a penalty. Yeah, yeah. The only thing better was his comments in the post game interview. Yeah. yeah. How good is that? Like okay, so from now on, uh, I know that the hit was uh, bad, and I got suspended for uh, beating the crap out of him. But you know now I know what's not a suspendable hit, so I'm just going to go ahead hitting guys like that. Thanks yeah. NHL. Yeah, we're going to be the most inconsistent league on a level of discipline of any of the leagues. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No kidding. Uh, and figure your shit out because that was freaking hilarious. That was bad. And I cannot wait till these teams play again with, oh, the, with I, Cassian in the game. I don't think I've ever tuned in to a. Actually, that's not true. The last Oilers Flames game I tuned into was Jordan Everlay's debut. Oh, that's a while ago. Yeah. That's Jordan Everlay is retired, isn't he? <laughs> but I'm going to be tuning into that one. I can tell you that much. Um, what did you, you guys think? Were you guys completely on Cassian's side? Absolutely. Were you on Chuck's side? I'm, I'm, on the, I'm a fan of the brouhaha. Hundy oh, P. Sure. Hundy P. Yeah, and when you, got, you know, when you got veterans kind of stepping in and you know saying that shit... Uh, it was good. Yeah. Bottom good. line, it was good. Hockey needs it. Hockey needs some sandpaper. And they're finally getting it in a lot of different ways. So good on them. Good on, honestly, good on them. If if that if Battle of Alberta somehow happens in the playoffs, I will tune it. And I hate both of those teams. <laughs> I just want to see a train wreck, but I also wouldn't mind seeing uh, it go a little bit both ways. I want to see some goals, and I want to see shenanigans, some, ma- some massive hits, some shenanigans. Yeah. What's and that I- uh, that place you always go to with all the shit on the walls? <laughs> oh yeah, shenanigans. Oh, okay. <laughs> Speaking of big hits and fights. You guys going to tune into McGregor this weekend, Little no. UFC? Yeah, I think um, I don't get out to many fights. Yeah. Uh, but I think I'm going to be there for that one. Yeah. Do you, so McGregor kind of has that, you know, thing where he can he can get you to watch because half the people want to see him win, but half the people want to see him get knocked the fuck out. Yeah, he's a showman. Who are you, Ted? You want to see him get knocked out? I I'm there for the show. He's there for the show, I'm, Ed. If, hey, if it's uh, every day it's the same damn bullshit, you set him up, I knock him out. If that's what it is, if he goes in there and knocks him out, that's exciting for me. If we go in there and he gets knocked the fuck out, yeah. then, hey, man, that's exciting for me. Yeah, maybe we should throw Cassian and uh, Kachuk in a oh, UFC ring for a series. couple rounds, you know? You know, So you know that if that series happens, and, and obviously it's they're going to play each other again, Kachuk's Luch- a dead man. Lucic, for the first time in a long time, is going to be fight. a factor. Yeah, yeah so, you're right. I don't know if he's ready for that. You know, it's funny though. Oh, so that's one guy. Kachuk was all like, yeah. you know, don't don't come after me. You know, like I don't want to fight a guy that size. Kachuk is actually nine pounds lighter than Cassian. No, to, <laughs> he, he's he's Walt's boy. He's fine. Yeah, he's but anyway, uh, that probably pretty much does it for us here at the PP One Podcast. As always, I'm the host, Brad Nursel, and you can find my work at theCanuckWay.com, and you can find me on Twitter at bkursel23. Hey, and I'm uh, Ryan Hank. You guys know where to find me. I think uh, Brady just wanted to keep this one going because he didn't want to go home. I get it. This is a fun time here. Um, yeah, uh, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. We're back. Uh, we're trying to round up a few guests uh, in the next coming weeks here. So please continue to tune in, rate, review, subscribe, all that. Uh, I'm watching. I'm going to start calling people out, make sure that we're getting that uh, getting those subscriptions up there. Ted, it's chicken. 
How much, man? I don't got a whole lot going on. You guys know that I don't write for any platforms. Uh, but I try to stay active on game days. Uh, I think there's been a lot of good conversation back and forth. So, um, as always, real sport, fantasy sport, hustle at both. Let's get those combos going and peace. Peace out, guys. Actually, I don't really want to leave yet. Vibrating. Uh, it's your boy, Josh Elijah here, co-host of the Down by Two podcast and DB2Bets, which now drops every Friday. We wanted to break off a piece of that weekend action, so we decided to move our show over to Fridays. Now you might be asking yourself, what in the hell is even DB2Bets? Daddy, chill. What the hell is even that? Well, DB2Bets is our sports betting show that is powered by Betstamp. We use the Betstamp app to find the best odds available across all different sports books. And be sure to tune in every Friday and follow along with our picks. Or don't use our picks. Do the opposite. It's your life. Make your own decisions. Just make sure you line shop and please gamble responsibly. I'm Jeff Woods and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have faults. He had the same amount of faults as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.